G'day guys, welcome to episode 45 of Imperial Rebel Orc Podcast. My name is Eero and the main thing on today's show is I will be interviewing Tim, big capital T, big capital I, big capital M, which stands for The Imperfect Modeler. But before that, I'm going to be talking about creativity, how I go about coming up with some of the more weirder creepier, stranger models and concepts that I have. I actually got emailed by a chap called Frank, who's a big fan of the show, and he asked that question. Pick up the brushes, pick up the paints, pick up the models, and crank the music, because it's time for... The Imperial Orc Podcast. So I'm super duper excited to be to be interviewing uh, Tim, also known as Dave. Dave doesn't stand for anything, I don't think. Uh, maybe dignified, affable, virtuous, enigmatic. But more on him later. First of all, I want to talk about creativity. I think I, I'm a firm believer that everyone, every single person on this planet, and maybe other planets, um, has some sort of creativity about them. You could be swimming in creativity like George Lucas or uh, Salvador Dali, or uh, maybe not so much creativity like any politician. I think someone like a, a logical thinking tradesperson can be creative, and I don't just mean in an arty-farty way. I mean, they could look at a job and go, right, I've got to build these stairs upside down to wrap around a cathedral, um, and, <laughs> you know, and and their logical, creative part of their brain figures that out in the best way possible. In the same token, I think a, a teacher, a primary school teacher, might come up with creative ways to get her students more engaged with something she's trying to teach them. So what I'm saying is creativity can come in all forms and for all people. But as I say, Frank emailed me and wanted to know specifically how I create or how I come up with the ideas for some of the weirder and stranger model concepts that I've done over the years. First and foremost, and I think most of you have picked up on this already, <laughs> um, I lean towards strange anyway. Like, I, I've always been that way. I've always liked the oddball. I've always <laughs> been drawn to the the weedy, beardy, strange people, you know? <laughs> I think uh, maybe because I relate, you know? Um, I think and it's an, in, an inherent thing in me to be a little bit off. Uh, I'm trying to describe it as best I can. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't think, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think I really market myself out in the world as just your, your, just your normal dude. Now, I, I, don't, I struggle with the word normal anyway. I don't really like the word normal because what's normal? What's normal to me is not normal to you. So I don't even think there should be a word called normal. But then again, people think that's strange that I even think like that. Some people have even gone as far to say I'm a little eccentric, which I, you know, that's like kind of like a badge of honor, I suppose. But other people just say, have asked me what's wrong with you. Like, <laughs> straight out, what is wrong with you? Which my, you know, my normal response is to sort of slowly shake my head, look down at the ground and raise my eyebrows and sort of go, I don't know, I don't know. But for the most part, I think um, I like my weirdness and other people seem to like my weirdness, you know, friends and family. So 
Um, <laughs> for those people that haven't enjoyed my weirdness, then, you know, it's their loss. It's their loss, damn it. Just a, uh, a quick apology. Um, if you can hear a slight hiss in the background, I will sound check it just to make sure it's not too loud. But um, uh, I live in Australia and it's now summertime and I like to record in the car. So uh, because it's like a dead space and, you know, records better. Um, it's like a little mini studio. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty bloody warm today, let me say. That's how our Aussies say it. It's uh, struth, cri crikey. Strike me dead, it's bloody warm. So uh, I've got the aircon on in the car, so that's, that's what the hissing might be. Anyway, so I've been creative since day dot. Really have. Uh, my earliest memories are of me being creative. Uh, drawing pictures, paintings, building stuff. Um, Lego was always like one of my favorite toys. Uh, just, just, and I, I think I've mentioned this before, I would always build the thing first whatever the instructions were i'd sort of follow those um or with help with dad from dad you know when i was little little um but then i'd always smash it up and make my own thing make a gun make a monster make you know some crazy weird looking robot i loved lego for that reason i didn't love lego for the reason that you could make a police station i loved it that you could smash that police police station up and build a uh, yeah some terrifying robot out of it <laughs> which makes perfect sense as to why I do exactly the same thing now, but with uh, bits of plastic. As a young fella, you know, in kindergarten, uh, my drawings and paintings were always a little bit off. They were always a little bit different. Everyone else was sort of drawing butterflies and uh, beaches with suns and stuff like that. I was drawing um, pictures of the moon crying and... Uh, <laughs> which was, sounds a little bit dark, actually, doesn't it? But I don't know, yeah, and I was drawing pictures of, like, knights having a fight with swords and all that kind of thing. And let me just say, I was drawing stuff like that and playing those sorts of games long before I was watching anything like uh, science fiction or horror movies or uh, action movies or anything like that. It was just, you know, it was just stuff in my head, which is a little bit scary actually, isn't it, when I think about it. Fast forward a few years and when I first started getting interested in music as far as playing it, um, my first instrument was a little keyboard, a little Casio keyboard, and I was I was uh, copying everything I heard. I'd hear like Love Me Tender was one of the first ones, I'd hear that and then try to find the notes on the keyboard and then play it. And people were interested, so they'd like say, oh, play this one, play this one. And it didn't take me long to sort of just find the, the notes. But then it didn't take long before I was like, oh, so maybe I could just come up with my own stuff. And it was always, <laughs> I, can, I, can, I could actually play some of, the, uh, some of the first songs I started to play now. Um, and they were always a little bit weird. They were always a little bit uh, maybe sort of sci-fi-ish, I suppose, the way they were delivered. I'd always, because, you know, you had like a 100 different instruments that you could choose from uh, from the list on the Casio keyboard. And I'd always choose the ones that were like, like a warble noise or something, something a bit off, and then just try to make that work for me rather than just the stock standard piano. Then a few years after that, once I was in a band, um, I suppose I followed suit a little bit with what the rest of the blokes wanted, and we were sort of more of a punk metal band, so that was sort of what we, that's the kind of style songs we wrote. They're all kind of immature and silly and but grungy as well and punky, which was fun. Um, but then it, I didn't really start to develop my songwriting until it was uh, just my friend Big Woz and I. Um, and then I started to... Uh, 
explore different types of uh, lyrics and how to deliver the lyrics and how to tell a story without you know spelling every single word out perfectly um, being more symbolic I suppose and and therefore you had to be sort of more creative with words you chose, descriptive words and, and the language that you chose. Then once I bought myself a digital recorder, then yeah, then I just went a little bit crazy, I think. I think there was a few years there where I was making my own music, if you can call it music, and it was all very strange. Um, I called it like acoustic experimental, but it was, yeah, like I would, uh, I would crank up the recording, the microphone um, on the recorder, and uh, so the microphone would be like one, one thing that stands out to me. The microphone would be in its stand, if you know what I mean, in the mic stand. And then what I realized is with the volume or with the recording uh, turned right up, I could tap the mic stand and it made this really deep but metallic sound, like thud, like <laughs> And I was like, wow, that's cool. So like I made a whole song out of that. <laughs> Weird. For me, creativity goes hand in hand with escapism. So um, uh, there have been times in my life where I've wanted to get away from reality, if you know what I mean, uh, because of relationships or because of uh, work situations or just general life situations, whatever. So, so it's always been creativity. Being creative has always been a good source of like, forget everything else and just do this. I'm pleased to say that that's not the case now <laughs> and it hasn't been for a very long time, but it's still, you know, and I think I've mentioned this before, but, you know, life is pretty full on, so it's good to just step outside of that and do something that's just for you or just for fun or whatever, whether whether it's going to play a game of tennis or, um, or coming up with a really weird, weird song. There's definitely been a lot of influence on my life as far as uh, culture, subcultures, movies, songs, people, um, could be commercials on TV, could be YouTubes, it could be stories and books I've read as well. It, anything really, I, I take inspiration from everything and anything. For example, I've found, I'm looking at it right now, I, uh, in, the, in someone's garden, I found this uh, little electronic diode thing, I don't even know what it is, it just says on the front, it says input, and it's got a lightning bolt, and then it's got TRU, and then TSB-21G, I don't, know, I don't know what it is. It's some sort of connector device because it's got three like input sections. It's metal. Anyway, what I'm saying is I saw that and straight away I picked it up and was like, it's just like laying in someone's grass and it's old and rusted so I don't think they want it. So I just put it in my pocket and I, I'm looking at it thinking it could be some necromunda sign. Like it could be, I don't know, or some sort of a weird gasket thing. I don't know. But I saw it straight away and thought that's a cool little terrain piece that I could use in something. So I guess in answer to Frank's question, how do I come up with some of the weirder stuff that I do? I think it's a, a combination of all those things. I think it's my youth. I think it's my passion for music and movies and, and art and comics and everything else. I think it's all culminated into this one little outlet of mine, which is miniatures, building stuff that is just weird and wonderful and very strange and a little bit macabre sometimes. What also helps is Instagram for sure and the blog. So seeing what my, uh, the people that I follow on these two social media platforms, what they're doing definitely inspires me, 
definitely gets my creative juices flowing, I suppose. And I think, oh, I've never thought of doing that. I could, but what I what I don't do generally as like an internal rule, I don't just copy. I don't just look at something and go, I'm going to do exactly that. There's always my little own Eero spin, I call it. Um, so I'll, I'll look at something and be massively inspired, like just go, wow, I need to go and build something of that ilk now, um, but then it'll all, it'll never replicate it because I think that's kind of that's kind of cheating a little bit. Like, uh, and no offense to anybody else if they're doing that, but it's like um, uh, you know, we uh, Big Was and I we covered some songs uh, with the band, and we never covered them exactly. We weren't a cover band, but we took a song that we had that we enjoyed and and loved, and we sort of tried to make it our own as much as possible. And I guess that's what I'm what I'm saying when it comes to miniatures is that I I get these ideas. I, I get inspired by what I've seen, and then I turn that into my own thing. But then quite often what happens, I might get the smallest idea. Like there might be a miniature holding up a, um, a wine glass, and I'll go, I really like the angle of that. That's really cool. The way he's posed this is really, really cool. What I'll do is get him, instead of holding a glass like that, I'll get him holding a severed head like that with then smoke or bubbles coming out of the top of its head and, and it will build from there. So that one simple idea can then turn into a whole army, <laughs> a whole war band, a whole world building thing. Like you never know with me. It's just it, that, that simple little idea can turn into something, well, I hope, extraordinary. Sometimes, to be honest, I don't even know how I come up with this stuff, how or why or where, you know, like, <laughs> um, it, it, it just is like pours out of me. Um, yeah, that's really hard to explain. I, 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 obviously, I'm influenced by so much, like I said, but yeah, sometimes I can just sit down with a with nothing on my desk and I just, I've just got my scalpel and my, um, you know, my little snippers and my glue and I just start. I just I just start grabbing stuff here, there, everywhere. Sprues go from my bits boxes, you know, uh, my terrain boxes, whatever it is, and uh, I just start. I just start making stuff, and it's almost like a. Um, <laughs> it's going to sound weird. It's almost like this weird need, like this. Uh, I get into a bit of a, a zone, I suppose. I'm really struggling to explain it, but. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just sit down and start creating. It's, I, I can't explain it any more than that. So Frankie boy, I hope that kind of answers your question in a roundabout way. Uh, I think, <laughs> I think if you were to walk around in my brain, um, you'd, you know, end up in a fetal position, shivering and scared and wide-eyed. Uh, because it's a, it, I can imagine it'd be very scary and strange place. But luckily, I'm uh, channeling it all into my miniature hobby, and I'm not out there trying to rule the world uh, and uh, be a some crazy, monstrous dictator. It's the Imperial Rebel Org Podcast. Hi, this is the Imperfect Model here. I just wanted to let you know you're listening to my hobby son on the Imperial Rebel Org podcast. And to tell you, he isn't an org, he's just a very naughty boy. All right, now it's time for an interview. 
I, when I first started this podcast um, earlier this year of 2020, wow, what a crazy year this has been, um, straight away I knew I wanted to interview this guy. He is the coolest dude. I've been following his blog for, I think, maybe three years and as soon as I saw what he was doing, I was just hooked. And then, so he does a, some, oh, well, you'll hear all about it, but he does some amazing work with dioramas and just miniature painting. Um, he, what I love most though, is that we've sort of connected as mates as well. And because he's a bit older, I do call him my hobby dad and he calls me his hobby son, which is like an endearing thing if not a little bit weird. <laughs> but obviously, he's a bit weird just like me, so it kind of works. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think we've just got a lot in common, um, as you'll probably hear on this episode. Um, yeah, you know, whether it's TV shows, movies, books. And there's like this uncanny thing where, do you ever have it with anyone where you might be watching something on television and then suddenly you see that, and it might be a random television show, like, I don't know, could be, uh, I don't know, the A-Team, the 80s classic A-Team or something. And then you sort of go, oh yeah, that was cool. And then like a few days later, it turns out, I don't know, your dad's been watching it without you even knowing, or you, 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 some lady at the supermarket, you overhear her talking about it. You go, oh, it's weird. I was just, that seems to happen all the time with this bloke. He'll be watching something or reading something or listening to something, whatever. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's uncanny because I was just listening to that the other day. So I'm not into oogity boogity kind of spiritual stuff. <laughs> I just think he and I are very, very similar. Well, it turns out he even um, used to live uh, around the corner from where I was bo born. So who knows? Maybe he is actually my dad. <laughs> nah, I'm only joking. Nah, he's the coolest dude. I'm really, really looking forward to having a chat with him, and I hope you enjoy the interview. We do have a couple of uh, false starts, um, but I thought they were kind of funny, so I'm going to include them. But um, yeah, enjoy. Okay, you're listening to Imperial Rebel Orc Podcast. About to give our friend the imperfect modeler a call. Hopefully it connects okay. Let's give it a go. <coughs> okay. Might have to try in a couple of minutes or something. Maybe he's on the bog. That's okay, these things happen. I'll uh, give them a call in a little while. Okay, let's uh, let's try that again. Where's his name? There it is. Put him on loudspeaker. Hello? Oh, it's a, it's a bad line. Are you there, mate? Uh, can you hear me? I can't really hear you. I can hear little snippets. Huh. Are you there? Is that you? <laughs> nah, I'm not getting anything. I might, uh, I'll call you back in a second and we'll see if we can connect again better. Hang on two ticks, mate. All right, we'll try that one more time. Let's go. Let's see if that works. 
get engaged. I think it's a case of the blind leading the blind here, but I'm going to try again. That's better. Better connection. Hello? Hello? Yeah. I'm there, yeah. <laughs> I think it was a, uh, I think it was a, a cock up on my end, to be honest. No worries, mate. No, we, we, we're good. <laughs> we're good now, we and it's, uh, it's a clearer connection as well. It is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's much better. Yeah, you're coming across loud and clear, mate. <laughs> Lovely. Well, nice to hear your voice, mate. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. I'm so, I've been super excited. I've been boring everyone with ears that I'm going to be talking to my hobby dad, and they kind of just look at me quizzically and go like, what What are you talking about now, man? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. Um, well, where do we start? So, for the people at home listening, uh, do you want to just yeah. tell them a little bit about who you are? Who I am? Christ. Um, well, I'm... I, I, um, I'm Dave, uh, and from a blogging point of view, I'm the imperfect modeler, and which I kind of shortened down to Tim, or other people have shortened down to Tim. Um, and I, a bit like everybody else, really, that's in our blogging group, really, that's the only thing I do as far as social media goes. But, um, you know, I kind of like do my thing like everybody else does their thing, really. And uh, I, I love I love what I do, mate. I, I, I really do. You know, it's, um, I think it's, um, I'm, I'm retired now, and I've been for a good few years, and I think it's really important that you, you know, you'll find that out one day. But I think it's important that you have interests, and for me, you know, this is a big one of my interests. You know, so it keeps interest. me ticking over. It keeps me alive. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. I think I think I've told you this story before, maybe, but when I first started following you, I actually thought your name was Tim. I didn't get the breakdown of the imperfect modeler, so I, I just thought your name was Tim. And when I once I realised, I thought that was so clever that it inspired me to become Eero, <laughs> Imperial Rebel Orc. Yeah, no, I, I I remember you saying that on one of your podcasts, which you know, little, 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 I must admit, I do thoroughly enjoy your podcast, and I'm not just sort of creeping up to you now. I do actually enjoy it. <laughs> I'm I, glad. Uh, I'm glad. I, no, I do. I love it. I um, I enjoyed the um, I, I did enjoy the fly on the wall. I, I'll be honest and say I haven't listened to that one for quite a while. But uh, when you sort of um, went over to doing the um, uh, you know, to doing the Imperial Rebel Orc one, and you know, the, the modelling bit, um, yes. yeah, really cool. I, I I do genuinely enjoy it. I think you, uh, as you said yourself, you've got a face for radio, you? Yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> the Fly on the Wall podcast one is definitely uh, not everyone's cup of tea. Let's put it that way. You've got to have a bit of a dark sense of humour, which I know you do. Um, but I think this oh, doing, the Eero yeah. podcast kind of works for our. Um, you know, our passionate audience and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's tracking really well. But I'm, I'm glad you enjoy it and glad you listen. And it, you know what? It makes all the difference knowing that the likes of you and, and other people are listening. So I'm, I sort of sometimes um, uh, go into it, go into each episode knowing that certain people are listening, if that makes sense. And that's, that's kind of comforting to me in a way. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think I get where you're coming from. I mean, it's a bit like the blog, you know. I mean, you know, I've got, you know, I haven't got the following that you've got, but at the same time, that you've got your regular people that you're having a dialogue with. So you kind of put up a post, and you half expect you're going to get a comment back from, you know, from 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 one of the guys or one of the girls, you know. And uh, yeah, I, I, I do genuinely. I absolutely love it. I, I listen to your podcast, one of your very recent ones, where um, actually it bloody depressed me, if I'm honest. Oh really? It was um, 
Yeah, well, it was the one where you were talking about, because I hadn't picked up on that. I don't get out much in the world. And uh, <laughs> it was uh, where, you, where you were saying about, where you were saying about um, blogging and it was like, I mean, a dying art. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I don't know if you heard me say this. I think for for us older chaps and, and chapettes, I think it's not. I think it's here to stay because we we aren't jumping onto the likes of Twitter and, and Instagram as much. I've got an Instagram, but honestly, the blog is my home. You know what I mean? Like I, I like you're saying about the um the comments and stuff like that. Like to that that back and forth uh, that you and I have and, and other other bloggers have, that's what it's all about for me yes we're talking about our our interests and our hobbies and our little things we've painted but it's more the camaraderie the banter the humor and just the interest you know it's just that that's what it is about all for me i love that i love that that's why i keep coming back to it yeah no i'm 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 with you all the way i mean it's the only thing i do and i've got to be honest this year i mean this year has been a a problem for us all for you know a variety of reasons and one of one of the things yeah, I mean, one of the things that I've, I've missed, um, it's something I got into, and I, I, I and that was going to the shows with me model club. And, yeah, um, I can imagine you'd be pining I, for that. Yeah, I, I, I do, yeah. I, I, I didn't realise until it was sort of, if you like, taken away, just kind of how important it had become to me. And, yeah, and um, obviously, for, so, and, I, and I know you well enough to know that to come away with a win from these competitions is always a nice thing, but I'm guessing it's more about the uh, interaction with the other punters, isn't it? Oh, yeah, very much so, yeah. I mean, it, you know, the competition side of it is just, uh, yeah, it's, it's a nice bonus, don't get me wrong. I, 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 you know, I find it very flattering if you do well, but it's, um, but no, it, it is the interaction with, um, you know, your fellow nerds, really, and I, I love that, and I, I, I surprised myself with how much I missed it, really, so my only outlet, really, is the blog, so that's that's gained in importance this, 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 this year as well. Yeah, I think, to be honest, I think it's been a lifeline for a lot of people, even um, Roger, who I, who I interviewed last time, and who I think you've connected with now on the blog, um, he's a great dude. Yeah, good guy, um, yeah, good guy. Yeah, really is, great he dude. He um he was saying the same sort of thing. He said if it wasn't for the blog and stuff like that, then you know he'd be struggling a lot more. So so I think I think so I think social media can be a real monster, you know, for people that get addicted to it and all that kind of stuff. But for people that you know, um, especially this year, as you say, I think it's been such a great thing for people to still feel connected to the world and to other people uh, via a blog or via Instagram or via YouTube or whatever it is. So I think you know it's got its pros and cons, really, doesn't it? Oh yeah, very much so. Yeah, very much so. But I'm, I've certainly been, you know, probably more grateful for it this year than at any other time. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, we so we we sort of jumped ahead a bit, but uh, that's all right. We're allowed to do that. Um, but take us back. So, um, so you were born in 1910. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's actually you flatter me. I'm not, I'm not that young, mate. But, um. <laughs> yeah, no, but take us. So you were born, uh, let's say, uh, mid-century, last last century. Um, I was. Yeah, they've relieved Mafeking now. You're all right. <laughs> How did you first get interested in painting little soldiers? Uh, what a there's two. There's two parts to that, really. Uh, plus a plus a little add-on that I'll chuck in, if you like. Yep. Uh, the first part is is the is the predictable one, really, which was you know just being a kid playing with you know uh, soldiers and and stuff like that. You know, when I was born in '57, and that was an era very pre-Star Wars, so pretty much everything was, uh, as I remember it as a kid, was everything was cowboys and Indians. Yeah, brilliant. 
And so, so you know that that my 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 interest in sort of figures, if you like, started there. We had a thing that uh, yeah, some of your older listeners, uh, maybe someone like Roger, for example, um, um, uh, maybe even Dave Stone. I'm not sure might might remember, which is uh, the Britain's produced these figures called Swap It, yep. which you would have loved actually, because with a converter, um, you know, these were figures that they had separate bodies, separate legs, a, hat, a head, it all came apart. They were revolutionary in their day. Well, just uh, sorry, sorry, sorry to interject there, but I actually, um, uh, Grandma gave me a bag of them when I first came to Australia, and I didn't, oh, I didn't know what I was only used to the, uh, you know, the solid peace soldiers and cowboys. I didn't know what these things yeah. were, and I absolutely so they were obviously very old. They were vintage when I got my hands on them, which was like the eighties, and I fell in yeah, love with okay. them. I fell in love with them for exactly that reason, you know, to be able to swap the bits yeah, and pieces no. around. Anyway, continue, my friend. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, as a, as you know, then I mean, you would have made a connection for conversing. I, yeah. I, I used, I used to play with them, but my big thing was I used to just like setting them up. Oh, I yes. wasn't like Toy Story, like Toy Story, the first film where the kids used to just basically trash the figures and play with them. I, I, for me, it was all about being meticulous and setting the figures up. So that kind of, in a way, made me later on. That's kind of why I kind of got into dioramas, if you if you know what I mean. Oh, it's I all see. about the setup. The setup, yeah, okay, cool. Um, yeah, so that, that and then you, you know you started painting them, and to be honest, you painted them terribly. Um, and then <laughs> I don't know. Then then I drifted away from it, like most teenage kids do. You know, you get into girls, you get into the you know going for a drink, and um, you know life passes you by doing other things, and. Uh, I was saying I really got into it when I was in my late twenties. I was married then, and um, I was in uh, uh, I was in a uh, well, we lived, didn't live at the time very far from a place called Aldershot, which was the home of the British Army. And we went into town, and my, uh, my wife, she who must be obeyed, pointed out that there was a model show on. So I went and had a look at it, and uh, there was a guy selling uh, tiny trooper figures. Okay, and he had a couple of. Uh, yeah, if you've never heard of them, I don't think they exist now, but they were uh, like 75 mil figures. And he had some classic sculpts of John Wayne. He had two figures of John Wayne and a couple of Clint Eastwood. Oh, cool. And I, I, and I well, it kind of sucked me in. And he told me, you know, what, what I needed to buy, what I needed to do. So I spent, you know, bought these figures. And really, from there on in, I never, ever looked back. You know, I kind of got into it. But, of course, we're talking... Um, uh, we're talking sort of like mid eighties, something like that, I suppose. And of course, you, the internet wasn't there, so yeah. trying to get the figures, uh, it's a totally different world, you know. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I don't know that. And and so I really got into it, and then when I re- sort of retired, which I was forty nine when I decided to put my feet up, and um, I um, got into my modelling again. Uh, Realised I couldn't carry on with fifty four mil, so dropped down to twenty eight when I had a light bulb moment. Um, and I've carried on ever since, really. You know, it's different styles of painting. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, like I said, I absolutely, um, I absolutely love it. So with the, your... the thing I remember the other day. You yeah, go, on. go on. No, you go on. Go on. No, I think I remember the other day. I, I was, I was, I was thinking. Um, uh, uh, I was talking to my brother, and he reminded me of something which I'd completely and utterly forgotten, and that was that my dad. So we're talking about. Your hobby, granddad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> poppy, and, yeah, poppy. And, he, and, he, and his brother, your hobby, great uncle. Um, they used to, they they used to do. Um, both of them used to do um, airfix models and paint them. Oh, and cool, they, cool. Uh, 
And I had never, uh, I'd completely and utterly forgotten about that. And when I get to see my old man again, um, possibly over Christmas, um, I'll have to talk to him about it. And I, I never realised that actually I think that was an influence as well. And I only tweaked it the other day. Okay, that's brilliant. So you, so so approximately you've been painting like pretty solidly, uh, been at it for what, 30 odd years? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, I reckon so. I mean, when I was working, it was, you know, it was very, you know, it would be, a, you know, an evening here, oh, maybe, yeah, and an yeah. evening there. I mean, I wasn't, Tell me about it, I wasn't yeah. churning out, yeah, it wasn't churning out much. And um, and that was in the days when I didn't have a lead pile or anything, because you bought one figure, you did it, and then when it was finished, you got the next one. So have Whereas you, have, now... Yeah, know, it's very different now, isn't it? Have you... Um, yeah, totally. Have you still got, like, uh, you know, the original models that you paint, or the figures that you painted like when you first got back into it all those years ago? I might have one or two. My brother, my brother likes the cowboy stuff. So the the older ones, he's probably, he's probably got, he's got a couple of the older ones I did. They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't look great if I'm honest, but they, um, (laughs) they never do. uh, Well, no, they don't when you look back, do they? No. It's all part of the journey. And, um, but no, I, I, I mean, a lot of stuff is all boxed up now. You know, you, that's the reality of the situation. Do you look back at your old stuff? Uh, because this is something I've been thinking about recently. Do you look back at your old stuff? Like you might dig them out of these boxes and sort of just peruse them and you look at them and do you think I could touch them up? I could actually make them better now? Or do you look back at them in a nostalgic sort of sense and go, no, 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 that was my skill level then and it reminds me of that and reminds me of that I'm much better now. Like, you know what I mean? Are you tempted to repaint? Yeah, no, I, I've never been tempted. I... I Done is done. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it, 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 it's like I, ne- I never go back. That, that you know, it's it, I wouldn't call it a rule. It's just my journey. At the end of the day, that model was finished. Um, you know, if you can still get the figure, I'd be more inclined to buy it again and do it again oh, rather I than see. try and you know play around with the one that I um, that I originally done. You know, yeah, that's um, interesting. I mean, I'm proud of them. They're, they're all part of your journey, aren't they? You know. Yeah, that's right. Like, I, I suppose I can relate it to tattoos. I was talking to a uh, friend of mine recently, and she said, um, you know, have you got any tattoos you, you regret? And I said, no, I don't regret any of them. But, of course, the one I got of a yin-yang on my ankle when I was 18, I look at that and go, yeah, I was a young kind of hippie idiot. And But, but that's the story it tells, you know what I mean? I, w- I don't regret anything. I just think, oh, yeah, I wouldn't get that now. <laughs> it's just one of those things that you learn in life, I suppose. Um all right, so well, when it comes to your um, the painting of the miniatures, so obviously someone like me who, uh, you know, I like painting armies, I like uh, building and, and doing dioramas and stuff as well, but also doing these tabletop uh, war game settings and all that kind of thing, whereas a lot of your work, obviously you do some big dioramas, which we'll talk about soon, but a lot of your work is the vignette where you've got the single miniature on a little plinth um, with some with some amazing base work, I've got to say. Um, now, when once what, one thing I've always been curious curious about with your work when you finish that one model and you've painted it and you've done your blog post and all that kind of thing and then you put it up on the shelf does it take you somewhere like when you look at it does it take you somewhere do you know what i mean like does your imagination sort of start coming up with what's the setting what's his story and what's it all about or is it just simply painting it and going yeah i'm proud of that piece it's, it's it's probably a bit of both to be honest yeah i mean there, there's there's some of them where you know, I, 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 for some of the figures, definitely, I've got a visualization of um, 
a, a wider peripheral vision of what that figure is and where it fits. Yeah, um, okay. yeah, and, I, and, I, and I capture it almost like it's a single photograph rather than a, a video in a movie sort of thing. You yeah, know, it's nice. Just that still. I like that. I like that. Um, but, so that works for some of them. Others, to be honest, they're just figures, you know. Um, and I, you know, I paint them as much to keep your hand in as, as much as anything else. It's, it's really just what attracts me to a figure. I have to... In, in pretty much every figure I've done, there's something that says, "Oh, I think I like that." You know. And what could those, um, what could those um, things, what could those key things be? Like, say, I know you love painting your Wild West and your steampunk and stuff. Like, talk me through what grab when you're just looking at a piece of lead, a piece of metal. What grabs you about the detail or the figure that makes you go, "Oh, I like this one, and I really want to paint this," as opposed to another one? Like, what is it that stands out? Yeah, I think it, I think a lot of it is down to the the, the sculpt itself. You know, it, it, yeah. if it's a figure that's got if it figures that's got character. Um, what one of the things that you do, uh, Woodagast and uh, Alex over at the Lead Balloonie, you 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 convert, yeah, uh, and, and you all do absolutely amazing stuff, and uh, and I admire greatly what uh, you guys do. Uh, it's not for me, uh, but that's not to say I don't like what you guys do. Yeah, what yeah. for me? What I one of the reasons I think someone converts is because they want to create. There's 7 billion people on this planet, and one of the things that you want to do is you create a figure that you are the only one in 7 billion people that's got. Yeah. Now, I'm a bit like that with the painting. I, 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 you know, I buy figures that hundreds, if not thousands of people have got the same figure. Yeah. So for me, I want to make that figure unique. So how do I do that? Now, the only way I make that figure unique because I'm not a converter is I've either got to do a base that makes it stand out, as I'm trying to do more and more of, is find a figure that I think, you know, I could try and do some freehand on that. So uh, it's the yeah. freehand that's what separates my figure, if I do it well, from what other people do, oh, along I with see. the base work. Okay. So that's, that's my driving force for uniqueness. That's interesting. Whereas I like that. Is Probably the converting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You you nailed it in one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, your your freehand work just <laughs> just seriously blows my mind. It, I I don't know. Like I I think and don't take this the wrong way, but I think I'm getting better with painting. And then I see your freehand shield, and I go, Oh my god, I've got a long way to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I you, you're an inspiration, but at the same time, I'm going. Oh my god! It's like me trying to think to myself. I might start to like, like take up running, and then I see Usain Bolt run, and I go, "Ah, oh, what's the point?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but I tell you what, you've hit on there. What you've hit on there is why I call myself the imperfect modeler. Okay, yeah. Because I, I don't, I don't know when when I started to get really back into it when I had more time. Um. YouTube was obviously around, and as we would both know, there's some fantastic stuff on YouTube to yeah, you know, help absolutely. us with their hobby. Yep. Um, but there is a problem with the YouTube, and the problem that I encountered many years ago now, before I did my blog, was that I was going on there, and I was seeing what these professional artists, because that's what they are, yeah, um, sure. were doing. And I'd, I'd go away, and I'd look at it, and then I'd make a comparison, and it was crap. Uh, okay. And you look at it. And you look, you look at it and you say, well, hold on a minute. They made it look effortlessly. They did this, they did that. 
And I, 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 I had a lot of soul searching because I, I was trying to make up my mind. Did I want to continue with this hobby or actually, because I'm never going to be oh, on wow. that level, yeah, do, I, wow. do okay. I continue? Um, and I decided that actually, in the end, what mattered the most was that I enjoyed it. Yeah, and so somewhere along, my, somewhere along the line, that's why I called myself the imperfect modeler, because actually I'm not perfect. I never will be perfect. I look to try and be perfect. Don't get me wrong. But I never will be, and I have to be happy that I won't be perfect. And I, my message to other people would be, you know, don't get sucked in by the professionals. Aspire by all means, of course. But as long as you're enjoying it, really, your standard doesn't matter. Yeah, that's right. And plus, I think if you'd market, you marketed yourself as the perfect modeler, I'd be like, oh, yeah, oh this guy's having a bit of a laugh, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he's, got, he's got tickets on himself, this one. <laughs> so I think it's I think it's an endearing quality that you don't think that your work is perfect. Um, but I but I what I like is that you you can tell sometimes reading your blog post, which I I, I like this a lot. That you are proud of what you've achieved. You often like might pick a few faults, and I think we're always our own worst critics, aren't we? But I think you, you know, yeah. like you, you don't market yourself as the best. But I'm, I'm telling you, you're one of the best that I follow. That's for sure, honestly. And <laughs> and of course, like like we were talking about before, going to these shows where you put your work up for uh, a submit into contests and stuff to walk away with a gold. Like a you've you've won gold, haven't you? A couple of times, I think, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I have. Yeah, I've had a couple of best in shows, but the the, the gold that I got at Telford was uh, was very special. Yeah, I mean yeah. that blew me away. So that, but, but to, I'm guessing, had, I'm guessing, still with your character, that you still wouldn't be walking away going, "Yeah, my shit doesn't stink." <laughs> no, no. I tell you, I went, uh, I went to um, when I joined the model club, which was a few years ago. And um, I, I, I went. I went it, it got a little bit embarrassing, actually. I, I don't really like saying this, but it, but it is true. And I'm not. I'm not trying to be arrogant. But I, I went along. I joined this model club, and they um, uh, and they said, "Oh, you know, what do you do?" I said, "I did figures." And they said, "Yeah." You know, I said, "I brought a couple along. Did you? If you want to have to see what I do." So they, I went out to the car and I brought a couple of figures in. And it was the night when they had like a club competition, and I won that. And then every couple of weeks, when they were meeting before COVID. Um, I was taking a model along and I was winning every week and I, I stopped taking stuff along because I was getting embarrassed by it. Oh, and wow. um, yeah. because they, 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 well basically they weren't figure painters. They were doing the most marvellous tanks and they were doing the most you know, they they, they were very, very, very good modellers, but yeah. they liked their aircraft, they liked their, their, their tanks. They not, none of them did dioramas. So when I came along and I was showing them landscaping, they were all blown away. Yeah, of course, and uh, yeah. it was very it was very flattering, but the, the, the thing that really made it for me, and that changed my attitude completely, because having never gone along, all my work, like a lot of people's, I guess, was really ever only done for me. Yeah, of and course. so it never went anywhere. Yeah. So when I when I when I took it along to a show, uh, and when I took it along to the club, it was almost like, oh, have I earned the right to be here? You know, is it? <laughs> yeah. You know. And, 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 and I and and I realised off of their feedback, which was really really nice of the guys. They're a good bunch. But I realised off of their feedback that actually, I'm not saying everything I do is a winner because it most definitely isn't. But I didn't have to feel embarrassed by the work that I did. Yeah, absolutely. And that really, 
and that was a, that was a turning point. You know, I, I know I don't do the, the greatest stuff in the world, and when you see the shows, you you'll understand what I mean by that. I'm not I'm not kind of being um, you know funny in any way. I mean, some of the work that I've seen that some people do it just blows my mind. But the um, but at the same time, I'm not embarrassed by the standard I've attained now. Yeah, and, that's a good um, thing. And, and that, 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 that means a lot, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I there's a bit of a thing on um, on it because I've got Instagram. Oh, one thing I wanted to say is that you can tell our age, my age and your age, by the fact that we call it the YouTube. I think the kids are just saying YouTube, <laughs> but we say the YouTube. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's a bit of a thing on Instagram. It's a hashtag. I can't remember what it is now, but it's it's along the lines of basically not um, not not shunning people that have just got into the hobby or maybe aren't the greatest painters and blah, blah, blah. Because, I mean, it's not always apples for apples, you know what I mean, what you're doing. So, and, I, and I'm a big fan of that. I think, I think every, like you were sort of touching on before, I think as long as you're having fun and as long as you're loving what yeah. you're doing, then who cares, you know? And I think most people, I like to think that most people are going to always be, uh, give you, might give you constructive criticism or whatnot, but they're always going to be encouraging, especially in our, in our little hobby world, you know, like I think it's a, from, for the most part, what I've, what I've found anyway, is that it's a very encouraging community. And I think that's really cool. Like you were saying about these shows that you'd go to, but also for the, like I said, for the most part, you're always going to get a, a bad apple here and there. But for the most part, most people are pretty encouraging, and I think that's such such a great thing. Yeah, I, I absolutely love it. I was I was a bit annoyed actually with one of your um um I, I put it in one of my blog posts actually. I, I got I got a bit of a knock on uh, with um uh, you had a, a podcast um few few podcasts back, and you had this guy that sent you an email. I think he was I think you called him John W. Huh. And, he, and, he, and he, 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 he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't happy, and he wasn't impressed with your, uh, with your podcast. <laughs> nah. and, 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 because, and because you're my hobby's son, I was offended, and I, um, and I, and I, and I, and I, and I, I called him out on my blog. Not that he's the hobby, but at the same time, I was, really, I was really annoyed with this guy. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm there for you, mate. And, Thanks, uh, mate. Like, I appreciate that. And, uh, I think, uh, I think. I think, uh, I can't remember if it was Roger or Mark now, but one of those two blokes were a bit, you know, upset about it as well. So I think I've got a few hobby uncles and stuff out there too, or hobby yeah, brothers, the hobby brothers. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's we'll, nice, we'll it's nice. Mark on him. Mark's the military man. They don't know they're messing with guy. With the <laughs> and he's uh, he's very much a no nonsense kind of military man as well. You know what I mean? He do he doesn't yeah, suffer fools. Mark, yeah. He doesn't suffer fools lightly. That guy is a is a great dude. Um, all right, let's um, uh, let's have a little look. See, okay, so. Um, What's been one of your, oh, I think I might know the answer, but you might be surprised, but what's been one of your proudest or favourite projects to date? And it can be, a, it can be a, you know, a single miniature or a diorama, whatever you want. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I know you kind of sort of set me up for the question. I, I've, got, I've got two. Um, I mean, my, my proudest one was when I did the Wizards Library because that's the one that won me gold at Telford. So, ah, that know, is that, impressive. That is impressive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was kind of like a no-brainer in terms of being proudest. I, I don't actually think of it as being my favourite model, actually, but at the same time, it's my proudest oh, because okay. of what it achieved. Yep. Um, the, 
but, but more recently, the, the, the one that got me buzzing, and I, I don't usually, I'm, uh, in fact, I very rarely, I think, on my blog ever say that I'm really chuffed with a model that I've done, but uh, I, did a, I did a little clown called Zonkers the Killer Clown. He's a Reaper figure. Oh, uh, yeah, I still, need to, uh, uh, I still need to check that post out, actually. Yeah, yep. yeah well, check. Check it, check it out, because I always welcome your feedback, as you know. And I, um, I, um, I, 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 I posted him, and what was um, what I liked about him was um, I've never done a figure with so much freehand work. Okay, yeah, and, not only, and it and it and it came out for me really, really well. I, I was I was made up with it, and it's nothing exciting. Don't get me wrong; it's just a clown. But it's um, uh, but for me, I I was really chuffed with that, you know. And I don't usually sort of um get excited about the stuff that I do, you know, but, uh, but yeah, that no, that's, that's cool. So, I, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with, uh, being proud of what you've achieved, you know, like, I don't think like people that know you and, and all your followers and stuff, we, like we were talking about before, you, you, you get an impression of someone pretty quickly and you can tell if someone's arrogant or not. And I think there's nothing wrong with you saying, I actually really dig. I've, there's, I've been pleased, like I've, for me, for example, I've noticed that my painting has got better because I've I've practiced a lot more. So I'm proud of that. Like, look, when I look back at some of the older models, I go, "Sheesh, why didn't I highlight? Why didn't I shade? Why didn't?" <laughs> but but I mean, obviously that comes with time. And I and I'm so I do feel proud of stuff that I've done, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So I don't think there's anything wrong with you saying that you love Zonkers the clown. Sure, and bomb on the bomb, and these <laughs> wow. stripes going to be now. And uh, it's, uh, 
it's just one of those ones. I could do it again and it would be a disaster, but it just all came together, so it was good. You know, and what, um, I know you're big on your bases, which I really, I've got a couple of questions about the bases, but um, with the, with I'm, I'm ruining it for myself, I know, but w- uh, what's the base <laughs> that he's standing on? He's just, he's, um, uh, you know those little wooden plinths? Yep, yep. You know the, yeah, on those little wooden plinths, he's just standing on that, and I uh, I put him on a, what I bought some time ago, I had these 25 mil square bases, and then I found these little oak plinths that are 25 mil cubes, okay. which you've got one of, because I sent you one, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And it was, um, uh, and I just did a, I just did a little bit of a pattern on the NDF base, and so, so as not to detract from the, the clown itself. Oh, okay. uh, and um, you know that's it. Yeah, he just he just sort of stands on his own. You know, he's he's he's, he's good. Well, that yeah, actually right. that actually ties into my question because um, I was reading something the other day about, um, and obviously it's a clear thing, but. With basing, obviously there's some there's some clever stuff out there, and I love what you do. But is it always that balance between you don't want to detract away from the the miniature, do you? But at the same time, you want to make the base just that interesting and like make it interesting enough so that it that it uh, sets the setting or whatever. So, like, what's the balance for you? How much detail will you put into your bases? Um. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a hard one to describe, really. I mean. What, what I'm trying to achieve with any, whether it's a single figure, a diorama, it makes no odds. But what I'm trying to achieve is realism in miniature. Yeah. So, so if, 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 if it's, um, you know, and sometimes that requires a bigger base because of the story you want to tell. And sometimes it's just a basic base. So, you know, if, 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 um, you know, if I've got a guy that's like a Wastelands character, um, I, I want him walking across something that looks like a baked desert. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or something like that, you know? So it, it's kind of trying to get the setting right for, for the figure. Um, but a lot a lot of the time it depends on the figure, right? If, it, if it's a very detailed figure, lots of colour, lots of stuff to pull out, then I'll probably try and keep the base plain. Yeah, okay. So as not to be in the figure. If the figure is really quite plain, that doesn't mean it's not a nice figure, but if the figure's reasonably plain, then I might, you know, try and do more in the base work to just make the whole thing more interesting. Yeah, I see. I see. Well, I really enjoyed your um your steampunk miniatures and I love the fact that uh one of them, I can't remember which one I'm afraid, but I, I remember one of them you basically bought some old like um uh not old, but watch parts like uh, cogs and bits and pieces and springs and oh, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And did a yeah. whole setting with those and I I thought what was the thing you made? There was a contraption, wasn't there? Like a boiler or no, something um I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, there was uh, I, I made a sort of uh, like Sort of a, uh, I don't know, like a like a sort of a rocket type thing or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like a, time, a little time machine type thing. Yeah, that was that was uh, brilliant because I, you know what? Because suddenly I saw that ah, you do have a bit of a converter in you because that I mean, that, <laughs> that, you know that that you're using that side of your brain to go. I need to build something that isn't already built, you know. And I think that's cool. I love I love that particular piece. 
If I if I was on the same medication as you, I would be more creative. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I'm off. I'm off the meds and have been for the last five years. <laughs> I know. <laughs> And that's a worry to us all. <laughs> but another question I've got about your basing, and this is um, more so for me, but <laughs> but also the listeners will be interested too, I'm sure. Um, obviously, some you're working on like a say a 25 by 25 mil base. Um, obviously, yeah. some of the bits and pieces are quite fiddly. Do you use tweezers, or are you just very nimble handed? No, I, 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 I use I use tweezers, and uh, you know any, anything like that. It depends how small the bit is, but no, I'm. You know, I mean, at that, at that scale, most people's fingers are pretty big. So it's, um, you know, so no, a lot of it is just tweezers. And, and you know, the sort of tools that the dentists use oh, yeah. where they scrape your fingers and all that, you, you know, you, I've, I've got, you know, a, a set of those that I've had for donkey's oh, okay. use. They're yeah. not official ones, but, but they, they're pretty good for poking stuff around and, uh, and moving bits around. they got a fine point to them. So, um, you know, it, yeah, things like that, really, that and your model knife. Do you use a? Uh, I noticed on YouTube a lot of on the YouTube, um, <laughs> a lot of people uh, use a Dremel, a Dremel tool. Do you use any of those to like um, smooth off edges on your metal miniatures and stuff? Uh, no, not, no, I don't actually. No, I, I, I just use the the, the the blade on the on the on the hobby knife. I've got okay. a few small files. But yeah. to be honest with you, I mean a lot of the figures that I use, things like Reaper, Knuckle Duster, Hassle Free, all of those. The quality is so good. There's there's very little cleanup on any of them, you know. So it's not something I really have a problem with these days. Yeah, I've noticed that as well. I, I as you know, probably I bought. I've got a whole lot of. Um, uh, bowl action miniatures from Warlord Games and they're the same. Yeah, they're they're, cool. There's not much to clean yeah. up on those. Occasionally yeah. there might be no. a bit of flash or whatever, but generally they're, they're actually really good and the details are really nice too. It is, yeah. I mean, you know, the quality of a lot of the stuff is, 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 is great, yeah. It, I can't fault a lot of the people that I'm buying stuff from at the moment. Yeah, I um, going back to the tweezers thing. My my daughter bought me a set of tweezers uh, because she knows I love the hobby, and she thought this would be easier. And yeah. uh, I, I guess you've just got to get. It's like anything; you got to practice with them. Because I still find like I'm more clumsy with tweezers than I am just my. And I'm I'm not a small man, so I've got big hands, big fingers, and I I find that I am quite nimble fingered. <laughs> and or if or if yeah. some if something is particularly small, then what. I tend to do, I, I just slightly uh, stab at the little plastic bit or whatever it is with uh, the, the scalpel and then place it on with that, if that makes sense. But tweezers, I, I don't know, they just don't feel good in my hand, if that makes sense too. Yeah, I mean, one of, one of the things I've done with some small bits is using a little bit of PVA and a cocktail stick. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've done that, yeah. cocktail stick into a little bit of PVA and then you can pick up some of the small bits and then, you know, just put them in that one but i i'm sure you suffer the same as probably everybody does i'm saying i hope everybody does i'm not the only idiot but <laughs> whenever um whenever i whenever i dry fit something it's perfect oh, as yeah. soon as i add glue as soon as i add glue it doesn't work well, I, <laughs> I have heard of that phenomenon but the the weird thing that i do is uh it's, this is going to blow people's minds, I'm sure, but I don't dry fit. I don't do any of that. I just, I just glue. I just go for just it. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. And if I screw it up, then it's then it's screwed. And I always use um, I use super glue for pretty much everything, except for um, like if I'm doing flock on bases and stuff like that, I'll use water and PVA. But generally, yeah, yeah I don't dry fit a thing. I just put it all on. <laughs> 
Ruben's a bit nuts. Um, okay, we're well, talking of such things, though. Uh, what's, uh, what's a tip or a trick that you can share with the good people listening at home? Tip or a trick? Uh, Crikey. Um, I think a, a tip, I, well, uh, as a tip, I mean, I, I do figures, so I guess most of uh, I, I would predominantly describe myself as a figure painter. So for me... The most crucial thing on any figure that I do, at least anyway, is the face. Okay. Uh, yeah. Where I used to do, yeah, where I used to do fifty-four mil figures, the faces are—they're not very forgiving. You, if you don't get the face right on a larger figure, these people that do busts, for example, they, I mean, they're staggering, you know. Yeah. But you, you—they're they're, not—they're not forgiving. So you know, for me, I, I've had it sort of drummed into me quite early on that getting the face right is absolutely key. So I, I, I would encourage anybody that's doing figures to, to really, really practice on their faces. As for another trick or a tip, one of the things that um, I was brought up on, and I don't think many people do it these days at all, and I, and I think it's a shame, actually, is people don't use oil paint. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And I, um, I, I do actually pretty much now exclusively use acrylics, but the one thing I use my oils for always is base work. Oh, okay. I always use, all my bases are done in oils. And why, why, uh, and, why is that? Um, well, one, one, of the, one of the reasons why, I mean, I, I would encourage anybody to at least try it. Go and buy a tube of Winton and Newton oils. A, a colour like burnt, burnt umber would be a good starting colour. And if you thin it down to, uh, with um, white spirit, Yeah. So you, if you then dab that onto, uh, I don't know, say you've used sand as a base or, you know, the basing material or something like that, when you then dab that on when the sand is all dry, if you watch the capillary action, yep. it will just wash right over it. Oh, um, okay, okay. And you, you, get, you, get natural, you get natural shading with it, um, and it, it, its coverage is so much better than using acrylics. I mean, it's just a personal view. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not saying everybody would agree with it, but, um, you know, oils are – a lot of people fear oils, I suppose, because I had no choice. I had to use oils because acrylics weren't really marketed in the way they are now. Yeah. Um, I kind of I, – I've, I've, I guess I've always felt comfortable with them, really. Uh, I, uh, if anything, changing to acrylics was the real challenge, but – um, but no, I, I, I would encourage people to you know check out, check out oils. You know, it's um, it, they're not as not as bad as some people would think. They come into their own and they make it's, they make great washes as well. You know, yeah. Just, well, just, I was, I was just. Down. I was just thinking that. I think I think that method. I think I could utilize. But for for normal oil paints, and maybe it's big. Maybe, and I'm. It's a strong maybe. <laughs> is the reason why I don't like oils is because I've really only ever used acrylics. But when I do, you remember the? I remember I did the um, the Battle of Britain uh, diorama from a mate Warren. Oh. The planes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I, 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 do, started, I, I started out with acrylics on them because the, 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 the kits of the planes came with the actual colours, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I didn't didn't like it. It was, it, I don't know, it was uh, just, I don't know, it just it was goopy and it just, and I thinned it down, but it just, I don't know, it didn't work for me and it took seemed to take ages to dry. <laughs> 
which I know yeah, they're notorious yeah. for that. But yeah, I don't know. And I like I probably I probably didn't give it a really hard go. I tried for maybe an hour and then was like, "What's this is crazy? Just go and use your normal acrylics, Luke." Um, and that's what I ended up doing. So I don't know. I think I was sort of scared off a bit. But uh, but the method uh, and the approach that you're talking about, I think I could utilize that. Yeah, well, I think I think the other thing is I'm a brush painter. I don't use I don't use an airbrush. So I mean, you know, I guess the the people that use the airbrushes like the acrylics and they'll yeah. do their base work and all the rest of that. But I, I, I'm a brush guy. Uh, I've never used an airbrush in my life, and um, um, I think they frighten me if I'm honest. But the um, I um, so yeah, I, I just kind of have always used um, used oils. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure it's a tip or a trick. But you know, I do think a lot of people shy away from them and. And actually, it's a bit like anything else. It's just another tool in your armory to, um, you know, maybe to, to, to look at, you know? Yeah, to tinker around with. Um, you mentioned sand before, and again, this is for my own knowledge. <laughs> um, do you use? Do you, well, so for your say, if you're doing a cowboy and you're doing some sand on the on the ground, do you use like yeah. uh, like uh, washed sand that you'd get from a hardware store or whatnot, or what do you use? The, the, the sand that I use, we. Um, one of the, what we've got at our house, well, not just our house, loads of houses all over the country. You've probably got it the same out in Australia as well. Uh, you know these sort of like brick drives where they put all these bricks down and then they sweep sand over the top and yeah. you know into the crack and you end up with this lovely drive or whatever. Well, they, that's the sand they use for that uh, for when they um, fill in the gaps on those bricks is really really fine sand. Okay, yeah, and you you know. Uh, it's not like your, it's not like your builder's sand or anything like uh, anything like that. It's really really fine, and you can buy over here. You can buy uh, you know a huge bag of that for just a few quid, and um, uh, I, I, I use that, and it's really fine. But the other the other material I've started to use because I like that as well. Um, I, um, I, I, a while ago, I got into using um, over here. We call it plasterboard. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, um, and yeah. it. Uh, and uh, when you when you carve in that and you you scrape it out, you get all the bits of you know minor bits of plasterboard, which makes a good which makes good basing material. So you know when I'm carving away, I don't know, making a cliff or whatever I'm doing, um, then um, I keep all the debris and I, I mix that in with the sand as well, and all this sort of stuff goes into my my basing material. Ah, yeah, perfect. I can imagine that the that board uh, would be. Uh, yeah, quite a fine grain when it once it's ground down. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. See, yeah. I've taken in recent years. I've taken to using um, tile grout, which is uh, super oh, fine, yeah. super super fine. So that yeah. kind of works yeah. for the scale I'm using. But yeah, just curious. Um, okay, so what's the um, for you? And obviously, you've got uh, a long history. <laughs> what's the most appealing <laughs> thing about the hobby for you when you look at it as a whole? I yeah I. To be honest with you, you know, in, in all serious, mate, I I absolutely love it all. I absolutely love it all. I um, I I, I, I love the blog and I love the camaraderie that's come through from the blog. Yeah. Um, so I, I like that aspect of it, which is not necessarily the modelling, but it's a spin-off of it. Um, I I love painting the figures. I like trying to be creative around the basing. I like the highlighting, the, the freehand. I mean, there's not anything of it that I don't actually like. I mean, yes, I curse some of it from time to time because it doesn't go <laughs> yeah. right like we all do. But, but I um, 
But I, no, seriously, I, I absolutely love it all. I've been doing it for years. I've always credited it with saving my life, to be perfectly honest. And um, oh, and I'm not being overdramatic when I say that. I um, Well, you know, I, I used to, when I when I was working, I used to have quite a you know stressful job. We've all got stresses in our work. Yeah. But for me, coming, coming home, when you're focused, and you must feel it the same, I'm sure everybody does, if you're concentrating, whether it's on that conversion or that painting or whatever it is you're doing – the rest of the world gets shut out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, and that, to me, is a, is a lifesaver because the moment what you're doing then is you're de-stressing your, uh, well, you are as long as the model isn't winding you up. But you know what I'm saying. You know, you're concentrating, you're shutting the world out. And I, I, I value the hobby well beyond just uh, just the hobby itself, if you get yeah, what I mean. Yeah, me too. It's definitely got that uh, escapism, isn't it? Like, I, I think for me, before I threw myself, because uh, I threw myself in the deep end with the hobby about five years ago, like really got stuck in. But before that, it was all about music and, and, and music was my saviour, uh, especially at one time in my life. But now, now I'm not really like I, I've I've got a great life. You know, I'm very very lucky and, and have a very happy life and and healthy people around me and happy healthy people. You know, um, but it's still that uh, for me getting my head out of the game, not thinking about work, not thinking about kids, not thinking about the wife, not thinking about anything, the jobs and you know everything else that goes in life, and just being focused on picking up that finger with a, you know, a plastic finger with a scalpel and putting it on the hand as carefully as I can. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you've, got to, you've got to have me time. You've got to have yeah, me time. I mean, everybody 100%. needs it. And um, you, you, you've got to have it. I mean, we just happen to have a common interest in that our, our me time involves... A crazy little hobby, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and it is. Uh, like I always, I'm always going to label it as a crazy little hobby, as a dorky hobby, because I mean, most people that I've met in my life, as far as face to face, you know, real like real people, because I don't consider you a real person. <laughs> I'm <ain't> joking, um, <laughs> but you know, the people that I've I've worked with and and whatnot, they've all got you know your standard, what I call standard hobbies. Like let's let's kick the footy around, or let's play cricket or let's go watch a movie, you know. And I've always sort of erred on the side of um, those subcultures, those people that have got a quirk. Like, like uh, my wife works with a, with a chap who I'm really keen to meet, who um, he does uh, medieval reenactments, you know, like he goes and meets up oh, with right. his buddies and they've built a catapult and they dress up in armour and they have a battle. And, <laughs> and I'm not saying I'm going to sign up and do that, but I just want to sit down with him and hear all about it, you know, because that to me is a yeah, lot yeah, more right. interesting than playing tennis on the weekend. And nothing against people that play tennis. I'm just saying I've always liked the people and the, and the uh, you know, the hobbies that sort of tend to fall through the cracks a little bit more generally. I mean, I think, I think our particular hobby has, has come a long way i think it's out of the shadows now and all and you know you've got this geekdom sort of thing that's become like quite a sexy thing um so i think it's become a lot more popular or it's just that people are admitting to it more now <laughs> I, I, th- I think more and more women have fallen for guys like us oh absolutely let's keep telling ourselves that that's brilliant yeah <laughs> 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 That's right. Place to be, you know, they don't they don't want these bows on their arm anyone. They want the creative talents and the artistry of people like you and I. That's right. They don't want these, you know, blonde-headed, <laughs> muscular, tanned, surfy types. They want the pale kind yeah, of no, coke bottle glass no. wearing. <laughs> yes, no. yes, it is men. They are. Yes, it yeah. is men. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, all right. So uh, let's. Uh, what's 
Um, what are you currently working on? Like, what's something that's got you really excited at the moment? Well, what's got me really excited is not what I'm working on right now, but the um, I'm, I'm working on this. Um, I, I started this uh, diabolical Monday thing. Oh, and yeah, I, I like that. At the, moment, at the moment, I'm working on this little diorama I've called Fool's Gold. Um, and that's got a ways to go, but it's coming along nicely. You know, it's coming along. But the one I'm uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about doing this Wizard's Tower. Okay, with, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the world. I, um, I'm, I'm really quite excited about that one, but I, I'm making sure that I finish the one I'm doing before I start on it. So, oh, wow. I'm, I'm I, like the, I like the discipline. Yeah, I'm not sure it's going to work, though. The, the, the worry is, the worry with anything I do, and I think that's another problem that us creative people... Uh, all of whom we are, um, worries me, is that, is that always that last 10% because you, you, you rush that last 10% because you want to get on to the next one and that's usually when it can get cocked up. So um, so I'm, I'm trying to keep that one at the, um, you know, in abeyance uh, so that I've finished the one I'm doing. Yeah, I admire but, that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that tower. Yeah, I, I very much admire that because I think, as you've probably figured out, I'm very keen on starting new projects and then not so keen on finishing them. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're not a complete finisher, are you? <laughs> no, not when it comes to the hobby. And I, and I think all I put it down to, and I might have said this on the podcast somewhere before in one of the episodes, what I can put it down to, I think, is the fact that it's my, like we were saying before, it's my time. So I'll do whatever I want. There's no pressure, yes, there's no right. demand, there's no I've got to do this at a certain time. Even though sometimes I set myself these little parameters, I always seem to break them. Like my Rourke's Drift project has really gone nowhere, but my deadline was the 22nd of January next year, 2021, and I'm, I've painted like three, four miniatures. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, and I and I and I, I used to really kick myself with that. Whereas now I've uh, I've embraced the hobby butterfly. But yeah, that's just me. Uh, another question for you, mate, is um, what do your uh, family and extended family? What do they all think of your beloved hobby? Oh, I'm there to have the mick taken out of me. <laughs> yeah, me yeah, too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> my, my, uh, daughter, my, my, my daughter came home with a boyfriend the other night. Uh, I didn't like him, by the way. He, um, <laughs> he came home with a boyfriend the other day, and uh, and uh, she tried to lead she tried to lead him around the house uh, without showing him any of my models. Ah, <laughs> <she> was... <laughs> uh, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> having said that, though, I've got I've got to say she was um, when I um when I came back from Telford and I showed her the medals that I picked up and. Uh, and she said, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, they're, they're, they're nice. And I said, yeah. I said, but you said, do you know what Telford is, don't you? So she said, no. I said, it's the Nationals. Yeah. Oh. That's right. And suddenly, su- suddenly I, had a, I had a glimmer of respect. It lasted a few <laughs> seconds. It didn't last long, mind, but it was, uh, but no, I mean, generally, it's, um, yeah, generally it's there to have the, have the, have the mick taken out of me, really. But You know um, what? You know I what? think they're happy because I just, Bit quiet, you know. Ah, uh, okay. You know what I love? I love it when, because yeah, most of like my daughter's friends and stuff, they sort of come over and they must just think I'm insane because the room I've got is just <laughs> full of stuff. And then, yeah, I don't know. They must. I don't know. Who knows what they think? But every now and then. Yeah, <laughs> that's it, the fungin. But every now and then, right? And it happened recently. That's why I'm talking about it. She has a friend over, and. I'll say, ah, oh, did you show your friend the uh, the old fungin downstairs? And <laughs> 
And she's like, oh, my daughter will be like, oh, yeah, so my dad does, like, paints these miniatures and builds them and stuff. And and she saw, you can just see she's rolling her eyes, you know. And then suddenly the friend was like, oh, what is it? And I said, oh, let me tell you. It's, uh, you know, I just took over and started telling all about it. And she was <laughs> genuinely, like, interested and blown away. And, it, and I could tell it wasn't that just, oh, you're my friend's dad, I better be respectful. She actually had a whole lot of questions. And I was... I was almost bouncing off the walls of excitement. I was like, do you want to, I can take you down there and show you. <laughs> and then and then my daughter was like, no, 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 that's all right, Dad. We're going to go out, but, you know, good luck with that. <laughs> but my, uh, I think most of the kids sort of go, it's sort of look at it and go, it's cool. Like I'll show them a particular piece and they go, yeah, it's cool, Dad. Um, but the middle daughter, she seems to have more interest because I think she she's quite a creative person herself. So I think she's... Right kind of like keen to learn a bit more and I might be able to rope her into doing some painting. She's built a couple of models actually. Um, yeah, right. but I think she'd enjoy sitting down and having a bit of a crack. But um, but yeah, and the wife, I think she just sort of, uh, she turns a blind eye to the fungin, to be honest. I think she just walks past it and just pretends it's not there. Um, but when I, you know, I might show her a particular piece, she always feigns interest at least. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice. <laughs> it's nice. Um, do you want to give uh, a bit of a shout out to your your site, your blog? Oh right, yeah, um, yeah. The Imperfect Modeler. Oh, I, I did. Um, I got my own domain now. I don't know if I told you that. Um, yeah, the Imperfect Modeler dot co dot uk. Ah, but it's the only media on. It's the only media I'm on. I don't. Um, I, I don't. I don't. I don't do anything else. But. Um, but uh, but yeah yeah if people want to come and have a look and answer any ask any questions fire away I try and answer everybody that ever sort of like comments and um, and uh, yeah so if people want to look at things and um, you know if they got any questions or whatever that might be about anything you know on um, you know that's why I like the blog simple as. Yeah, it's very, very engaging. Your That's what I like straight away. I think I've said it before when I did the spotlight on you, but um, yes, you've got all the brilliant models and, and uh, dioramas and stuff, which is just honestly mind-blowing stuff. Um, but it's also the way you write your posts. It's engaging. It's almost um, uh, prompting the viewer or the reader to ask a question and get involved. And I like that. I think that's that's a clever way of going about writing a post, you know what I mean? To make them interesting. Because there's, and again, I'm not knocking anyone, but there's plenty of uh, blog posts and stuff out there where you sort of, it's just, this is what I do and that's it. And there's no fluff, there's no, uh, you know, talk really. That's that's kind of just it, you know. Um, which adds fine. But yeah, yours, my friend, as soon as I found it, I just fell in love with it. Oh, that's really kind. No, that's that's nice of you, mate. I, I I do like that. It's always it's always we all like nice feedback, of course we do. But um, but yeah, I mean, I I originally did it like a lot of us did. I think really just for a bit of fun, um, an audit trail, if you like, of my work. I mean, it's I think it's changed mainly because of people like yourself and you know uh, Woodagast and uh, we've got John at Nut and Just Needs Varnish and Mark at Mark Morin and uh, loads yeah. loads of. Loads of others, you know. I mean, they comment, and and I think you just respond accordingly, don't you? You know, and it's um, yeah. And I um, yeah, and and I don't know. It, it's just a great little community, and I'm, I, for one, am really grateful that it exists, and uh, long may it continue. Really. Yeah, absolutely. Here, here. Uh, well, thank you very, very much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, like I've said to all my guests so far, I definitely will get you back if you're up for another chat. Um, but for this episode, episode 45, we'll wrap things up. But I'll say goodbye. We can say goodbye on here. 
but then I'll say goodbye to you okay. personally as well. <laughs> All right, mate. Okay, well, you take care and we'll talk again. That'd be great. Cheers, man. A big thanks again to the Imperfect Modeler, a.k.a. Dave. What a legend, eh? I really, really enjoyed the chat, and we'll definitely get him back in another episode down the track. What have I been up to in the hobby of late? Well, look, not a hell of a lot. I've been doing a little bit of converting again. Um, it was good to get back to the old scalpel and clippers and glue, and, uh, yeah, made a little... Uh, Made a little dude called The Fallen Prince for my Hellgate project. You can check it out on Instagram. I don't have it up on the blog just yet. The Instagram is Imperial Rebel Orc. The pod, oh no, you know what the podcast is. The blog is imperialrebelorc.wordpress.com. Um, you can also email me, imperialrebelorc at gmail.com. It's been a much longer episode, as often is the case when it comes to interviews, but I hope you've uh, stuck with it. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell your friends and your family members or anybody else you think might be interested. Um, I'm not making any money from this whatsoever. Maybe one day, who knows, but that's not why I got into it. Why I got into it was just to talk about my favorite thing, which is our beloved hobby, and hopefully entertain some people as I go about it. Uh, I'd like to round up this episode with something a little bit different um, in honour of my guest uh, tonight, or today, the Imperfect Modeler. He's massively into the Wild West, so what better tune to play for him as a bit of an outro than the tune from the classic Western movie, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. My name's Eero, I'll see you on episode 46.